I have to start off by, by saying that this message this morning was not my intended message. And I've experienced really for the first time God changing direction with me. And if I'm sure preachers and ministers all down through the ages have experienced that, that you feel led and directed to prepare a, a specific message for, for a group of people and for whatever reason, God changes that course. And I experienced that this week. I had a great message planned for you all. I just want, I just want you to know that, that <laughs> it was, it was going to make the hair on your head stand up. And, and uh, for some of us, that's too late. But... Uh, but uh, I love it when God does that. I love it when he speaks to us, that he loves us enough and that he cares for us and uh, that, he would, that he would change our, our direction. And I'll talk a little bit more about that as, as, uh, as we go along this morning. But uh, we want to read from the word of God. And so if you would, turn in your Bibles to Acts, the very first chapter. And we are going to read verses 4 through 11, we'll also look at some others as well. So today, the question that I will ask you is, what is your expectation? So once you stand together with me as we, as we read God's word together. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand here looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And jump down to verse 14. It says, all these with one accord, proving, of course, that the disciples drove Hondas. <laughs> all these with one accord were devoting themselves to praying together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Now, if you would go to Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were filled, they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Let's pray together. Dear Lord, we thank you for this time together to worship you, to minister to one another, Lord, to, to worship. 
And Lord, as this word is presented today, I pray, Lord, that I would step aside. And Lord, that you would fill me, that you would fill me, Lord, with the spirit to have boldness to present your word and that it will be brought forth with, uh, with conviction, with accuracy, and that, Lord, above all, the name of Jesus would be high and lifted up and glorified, and that we will see, Lord, that we, this morning, should have a high expectation of what God desires to do in our midst. So, Lord, be glorified, and we will bring glory to the name of Jesus in his name that we pray, amen. You may be seated. The question that I will ask you this morning is, what is your expectation? After the resurrection, Jesus spent 40 days walking around and proving that he was alive. And in the last little bit before his departure, he was, he was preparing the disciples for the coming of the Holy Spirit, describing to them what the experience was going to look like. So he said to them, get together in Israel and don't go anywhere. Because in a very short time, the Holy Spirit is going to come. And right after he tells them that they will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon them, he is taken away from them into the clouds. And this whole, this whole story, this whole scripture is so picturesque. And I just, to be a, more than just a fly on the wall, but just even to be one in that number that was there to experience those events, to watch Jesus be taken up into the clouds, dumbfounded. I mean, can you imagine? What were they thinking? What's, what's going to happen to us? What, why is he leaving us? Yet he said to them, I have to go away. He said, if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. He says, it is better, it's better for, me, for you that I go away. How can that be better, Jesus? How can, how can it be better that you go away from us? We've given everything that we have we have everything that we have done. It's been, it's been for you and we've given up everything. And now you tell us it's better for us that you go away. I don't think so. There's a, there's a book that I would recommend that you read that's called Better Off Without Jesus. And it's, it talks specifically about that, being better off because Jesus had to go that the Holy Spirit would come. I would, I would recommend that book to you. Two angels appear to them and say that he will come again just like he went away. So he, they, do, they do as he instructed them to do. They, they return to Jerusalem and they have to, they have to replace Judas and the lot falls to Matthias and so he joins them as, as an apostle. And so one of the questions that, that, we, that I'm sure that at some point in, in your life you have talked about how long did the, did the apostles, did the disciples, how long did they tarry? How long did they wait? They went back to Jerusalem like, like Jesus told them to. Have you ever wondered how long did they wait? Did they wait, you know, a day or so? Did they wait a month? Did, how, how long? 
How long did they wait? The Bible doesn't tell us specifically how, how long that they, that they waited. But just like other, other things, we have events. We have events in place that we can look at those events and we can see that Jesus died on Passover, Easter. And we know that Pentecost is 50 days after Passover. And we know that Jesus, Jesus died and he was in the grave three days. And then he rose, he appeared for 40 days before them, and so that gives us six or seven days of a time period that, and there's a day's journey to, back to Jerusalem, and so we can fairly accurately say that maybe six, seven days they were together in Jerusalem seeking the Lord. We don't know how accurate that is, but we do know, we do know that, what they wait, that they waited can you imagine the anticipation? Can you imagine what, what, what it was like in that, in that room not knowing? I mean, there was, such a, a, there was such a not knowing. Nobody had ever experienced the Holy Spirit before. Nobody knew what, what this was going to be like. They didn't know what the experience was going to be like. Early on in their waiting, there was, I'm sure there were some great conversations between them. You know, what do you think? What... what What's going to happen? I mean, Jesus, he said he had to go away. And, you know, but he said he'd come back. Is he going to come back today? Is he going to come back you know, while we're up here hanging around? When, when's, he gonna, when's he going to come back? The Bible says that they were, that they were in one accord. They, in those conversations, they turned into prayer meetings. And, and for days, they met together and they prayed And even sharing with you, with you this this morning, my anticipation is even growing as I'm standing here before you. The anticipation of what God wants to do in your life and what he wants to do in my life. And knowing that he is not done with me, he's not done with you, my expectation, my anticipation, it just continues and continues to grow. I'm not content. I'm not satisfied with where I am. In Philippians 1, 6, one of my favorite scriptures is that he, he will complete the work in us that he began until the day of Christ Jesus. There is a work in us that is to be done and my anticipation of what God wants to do in here and in here, it's growing. It's a great anticipation. No one had experienced what Jesus talked about before, the Holy Spirit. Nobody had experienced that. And you wonder that in their conversations even more, what did, he, what did he mean? What did he mean when he said he had to go away? What did that mean? Expectation. Expectation. Well, I mentioned at the beginning that this is, this is a change in direction for me this week. God woke me up uh, an hour early one morning this past week. You know, and I have my, I have my, my scheduled time to, to get up. And I have that time to where I know I can get up and I can have my quality time with God and I can have my breakfast so I can get ready and I can get to work on time. Just like you, I, I have it scheduled so I know how much, 
how much time that I have. And I, I'm not a real early morning person, but, you know, 6 o'clock comes for me, and that's, for, for some people, that's early. For other people, that's not early at all because you get up, like, at 4, and, you know, you're, like, ready to go and all that kind of stuff. But that, that, that's not me. So 6 o'clock is, is, is an early time for me, but God woke me up about 5, and I was laying there in my, in my bed, just wide awake, and God spoke to me very clearly. And it's that, it's that hearing in your spirit that you know that you know that you've heard what God is speaking to you. And I heard this very, very quick, very, very clearly to me. And it was as simple as what I asked you this morning. He said, Brian, what is your expectation? And that hit me hard. Because it's easy for us to come to this place with high expectations as we know what our expectation is, if you understand what I mean. I've been here six months and I've come to expect when I come on Sunday morning to Orchardville Church, I know three things that I'm going to expect that will happen. Number one, I know I'm going to expect and have an awesome time of worship. Amen. Amen. I expect to hear a great message from God's word from our pastor. I expect that. And I expect the fellowship here at Orchardville to be second to none. Those are pretty high expectations. But for Orchardville, those are normal expectations. Would you agree? That has become my normal expectation. Most churches are lucky if they experience one of those. Many churches don't experience any of those. How fortunate are we here every week and at three branches to experience all three of those. Great worship, a great message, an amazing fellowship. Yet in my soul, in my soul, I'm longing for so much more. My soul longs for the coming of the risen Lord. I'm longing for more. And I'm driven to experience more. I'm longing in my soul for an outpouring of the Holy Spirit like I have never, ever seen before. Are you? Are you? Are you longing for a move of the Holy Spirit like you have never experienced before? I'm longing to see the people of God set free from sin. I'm longing to see the people of God worship with true freedom, with no hindrances. And like David said, you think I'm undignified now? I'll be more undignified. Who of us is willing to worship without any hindrances? I'm longing to see the unsaved come to glorious salvation under the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Is there any other reason why we do what we do other than to see 
the unsaved come to Jesus in glorious salvation, knowing that the conviction of the Holy Spirit is so real in their lives, they had nothing to do but to give up. I'm longing to see that. So I ask you again this morning, what is your expectation? There are songs that we, that we sing that compare the Holy Spirit to waves. You've sung those. Waves of mercy, waves of grace. And that's an accurate comparison. It's an accurate comparison. The, the waves of the Holy Spirit and what God does, comparing them to a wave in the ocean. It's, God do, it's God's doing. We cannot create the wave. We cannot say the right thing to, to create a wave any more than a surfer can create an ocean wave to surf on. A surfer doesn't get on his, he's not out in the middle of the ocean. Splashing the water, trying to make waves, trying to make wind to make a wave. He cannot do it on his own. But you know what? And I love this. He goes out there on his surfboard expecting there to be a wave. He's not going out there for any other reason than to get on a wave and ride it. Expectation. A wave in the ocean can only be created if the elements are right. There are elements in nature, there are elements that have to be right, they have to be in place for a wave to be created. Wind, of course, there has to be wind. There has to be the right, and I did a little bit of research, so it's not just top of my head. It's gotta be the right friction across the surface of the water. Even the moon and its pull has something to do with the, the ebbs and the tides and the, and the waves and so forth. Things have to be in place for a wave to be created. We have to understand that the wave of the Holy Spirit is a work of God alone. We can't say the right words. We can't know exactly when the big one is coming. But there are elements that must be in place. So I ask you this morning, is there unity? Check. Is there prayer? That's something you have to answer. Is there authentic worship? Check. Is there selflessness? I see selflessness. Check. Is there a deep longing to know God? Check. Is there suffering? What is your expectation? This morning as you're sitting here together as we are sitting here and we experience what we experience on a regular basis that we've come, I know that at some point, at some level, you begin to take it for granted. The awesome time, the awesome worship that we have, the awesome gathering together at this place, there has to be a point in which we take it for granted. But this morning, I hope that your, your expectation is getting a little higher. I never knew what a tsunami was until in 2004 in the Indian Ocean, 
a tsunami devastated Sri Lanka. A tsunami is a powerful force in the ocean that's created by underwater earthquakes, volcanoes, other massive movements. <laughs> that wasn't a cool gesture. I mean, it wasn't being a cool. <laughs> because that's not cool. <laughs> plates under the, the, the plates of the earth, they, they do that. And so I went... <laughs> Massive movements beneath the ocean floor cause tsunamis. They're destructive and they leave, they leave its victims completely helpless. They move across the ocean at more than 500 miles per hour, gaining their momentum. And as evidenced in the Sri Lanka tsunami, if you, if you saw this, if you know about it at all, you, you, you saw this. They caused the, the waters at the shoreline to recede. Did you see that? Have you seen those videos? And what a, uh, what a well, it's not a mystery. They know what causes it, but what a, what a uh, grand thing that is to see the waters. And not just like low tide. I mean, the waters were receding hundreds and hundreds of yards as the, water, as the water builds up, it causes the waters to, to recede like that. And I was able to watch a couple of YouTube videos of the tsunami because there were several, several people that had their cameras and they were from different vantage points were, were documenting. It was, it, was, it was a mystery. They didn't know what was going on until obviously because, that it, before, until it was too late. But this one couple had a camera and they were, they were in second, third, fourth floor, I don't know exactly where, of the hotel right there, right there on the shore. So they were up a little bit and so they were videoing this and they were showing the, you know, the people that were, they were mystified by this great thing going on. So they videoed those people and then they went out across the ocean. They scanned and they saw the, just the hundreds and hundreds of yards of this of seafloor. I mean, it was just mud. And then their camera caught the wave that was coming. And they were like, what is that? And then were, oh, there was a gasp. And they said, is that a tidal wave? Oh, it's a tsunami. We've got to warn the people. And so they, they threw open the doors of their, of their hotel room, wherever they were, and they were screaming at the top of their lungs down to the people, get away from the water, get away, it's a tidal wave, get away. They were trying to warn the people, and there was this guy that was just standing there. And they had, the camera was right on him, and just devastating. It devastates everything in its path. And this morning, let me ask you this, or let me make this statement. You might be here this morning and you feel like the waters of your spiritual shoreline have receded. And you might be saying this morning, God, where have you gone? A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Mark, he said to us, let's keep moving forward. Always press forward. 
Be faithful. Let's not be a church that was remembered for what it was, but let's always be pressing forward in faith, keeping your faith, keep your integrity, remain faithful in prayer, keep serving others, always be thankful, endure as a good soldier. The waters might be receiving, but a tsunami of the Spirit is coming. Are we ready for it? I've been crying out in my soul, in my spirit. My cry has been, God, devastate me with your spirit. So what is your expectation? Do you long for more? The other night at our leadership dinner, Pastor Steve Upchurch, he spoke to us a little bit and he said, to receive a small miracle, you need a small need To receive a medium-sized miracle, there has to be a medium-sized need. For a giant-sized miracle, there has to be a giant-sized need. What is your expectation? Are you trusting God only for the small needs, or will you expect God to show up and meet your giant-sized need? The disciples were filled with expectation. They had no clue what was coming We have an idea of what can happen. We've heard the stories. We've even experienced those to a certain degree at different times in our lives. But the disciples, the the apostles, they, they hadn't experienced that before. So they didn't know what to expect. But let's not be, let's not be cheated. Let's not miss out. God wants to pour out his spirit on us. God wants to pour out his spirit on us. And may we remember that it's not something that we can conjure up. It is not something that we can create, but there are elements in place that we need to be ready, that we need to have right. We need to humble ourselves. We need to pray. We need to repent. We need to be in unity with one another. Come with a high expectation that God wants to pour out his spirit on you. He wants to save you. He wants to heal you. He wants you to overcome. What is your expectation today? Let's pray. Dear God, it's times like these I'm not sure how to pray. But I know that in my soul I am longing for more. I'm longing for for more. I am longing to let go. And Lord, I pray that my expectation would be increased. I pray, Lord, that when the altar is is opened up for prayer, Lord, that our expectation is great. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you convict us of our sin? Holy Spirit, would you come? And would you... Would you give us a nudge this morning, Lord, to come and deal with a relationship issue? Would you come? Would you give us a nudge and draw us into praying for a sickness that we have 
that is holding us back. May we come and intercede for others that we know need you. Lord, may the elements in this place be be such that the Holy Spirit is poured out in a new and fresh way. And that there will be evidences of boldness and that your word would be proclaimed wherever we go. And that the saved, the unsaved, Lord, would come to salvation in you. That the, the sick will be healed. And that God will be glorified in us and through us and in spite of us. Oh, Lord, do a, do a work in us that when we when we turn around, we, we say that was God alone. Have your way in this time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.